You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Does it ever feel like everyone around you is sick and has the sniffles and coughing and sneezing, especially around this time of year? Are you looking for alternative ways or natural ways that you can help with the symptoms or alleviate the symptoms rather than taking a bunch of medications that may make you sleepy or feel even more drowsy? Well, today's guest is board certified in clinical nutrition, functional medicine, and integrative medicine. It is a speaker, educator, researcher, and advisor for numerous programs, and he's going to give us some of his best tips for beating the cold and flu season naturally, some things that you can do at home. So stay tuned for my next guest, Dr. Patrick Garrett. All right. Welcome, Dr. Garrett, on the show today. I'm actually really excited to have you on today. Thanks for being on the show. Well, I appreciate it. First of all, I want to know a little bit about how you got into what you do, and then we'll get into today's topic, which is a very timely one, the cold and flu season. Well, so kind of where I am now, I I do what's called functional lifestyle medicine. Uh, But I started off uh, as a chiropractor, and I just felt like when I was graduating school, I felt like I needed to know some more. So then I went to medical school and I uh, did 3,500 hours of medical rounds and surgery, and, and uh, we didn't get anybody better. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, okay, well, this didn't help. And so I found a guy that did natural medicine, and I, uh, he said that he could cure people, you know, reverse conditions. And I thought, no, I don't know. I've been through 12 years of grad school. I haven't seen that happen yet. Um, so I went and followed him around his clinic, and I talked to his patients, and sure enough, they were, I used to have diabetes, and I used to have cancer, and I used to have heart disease, and I used to, used to, used to. And I said, ah, that lit me on fire. So I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I dropped out of medical school about six months from graduating, and I could practice under my D.C. license and started uh, doing natural medicine, got two uh, postdoctoral diplomates in clinical nutrition. And I liked it, but it was more of like, um, it's more of the medical model, just using natural stuff. Um, and so I wanted to really fix people, and I felt like all we did was chronically manage them naturally. And so then I uh, got a, a post-grad in uh, board certification in integrative medicine, and then I got one in functional medicine. And the functional medicine was really good because it um, really kind of looked at the mechanisms, and I really liked that. And so it helped me understand a little bit better of how things work so then you know how it messes up. And that's how I am in physiology for six years at colleges, so kind of knew how every mechanism works. And so if you know how it works, then you kind of got to figure out how we mess it up. But then I, uh, I think the biggest change was I went to Harvard Medical School's uh, lifestyle medicine program, and that was the first coursework that was like, patient has Crohn's, how do you, or what are they doing to cause it? And if you know what's causing those conditions, then you know how to fix those conditions. And so you don't have to chronically manage them, you just get rid of them. And that just blew my mind. Like, that was exactly what I've been looking for all these years and all, this, all these student loans. <laughs> that, that finally just was like, how I'm going to practice. And so from there, um, I kind of evolved everything together and, and just kind of called it functional lifestyle medicine. But we just, right now, I just take some of the, what we call Mayo rejects or people that have been everywhere and follow everybody. And uh, I say, okay, well, what's all going on with you? And what are you doing to cause these things? Stop doing those things. And people just get better. And so we see patients from, I'm this little clinic in Kansas from <laughs> all places. But we see people from Saudi Arabia and uh, South Korea and India and all of the U.S. It's, it's really uh, humbling. 
So how but, do people how do people find out about you or uh, find out about what you do? Because I'm I'm sure that most people aren't they don't go to Google MD and look for lifestyle medicine, right? No, there. No, I do. So I have a I run most of my stuff through my Facebook page, and I have a website, but I'm uh, TV with Doctor spelled out. But uh, we're having that revamped right now. But mostly I run everything through Facebook. So I have a live weekly show on Facebook and. I post stuff through Facebook. Yeah, so, you know, the, the best prevention in school, just like, you know, we, we learned germ theory, and germ theory said uh, bugs cause diseases, so bacteria, viruses, uh, fungus, parasite, yeast. But that's not true. I mean, uh, you can have a room full of people, and someone comes in and sneezes, exposes everybody to Klebsiella pneumonia, like walking pneumonia, and only, like, two people get sick. Well, everybody got exposed to it. Why did those two people become the only ones that get sick? And so it ends up being not exposure to, to bacteria, microbes, but more so the barriers. What, what are they doing to uh, pre- uh, what does everybody else do to prevent those infections? So you have barriers like mucus, all that 10 cups of mucus that pours down from your sinuses, that traps everything and takes it to the stomach and kills it in the acid. And then you have like pH, so uh, all those little acidic areas, um, they allow certain bacteria uh, and yeast to live there. Um, that are beneficial, and then they prevent the bad ones or the bad viruses from getting in there or the overgrowth of bac- uh, bacterial yeast, like SIBO or Candida. And then um, oh, uh, probiotics or, or good bacteria. And so, you know, we should have like 750 species of good bacteria that live in on, in on us, and Harvard says that's like three pounds of your body weight. So like when you step on that scale, there's three pounds of bacteria that is just covering you from inside and out to prevent you from getting infected. So the first thing that the prevention is always, you know, drink lots of water so you have lots of mucus. Um, don't uh, use soap and uh, don't, you know, soup. Don't don't use those, uh, say, body soap all over. Only kind of wash the stinky bits so you keep all your natural oils, all your good bacteria coating you. Um, it seems a little gross in the beginning, kind of, but it's it's old school. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, don't don't do things that artificially change the pH of the body and, and that kind of stuff. So, for the most part, it's every animal's got this figured out. Almost every other person on the planet's got this figured out. But what we do as Americans is we do all the things to mess things up, the seems. And so then we end up with a lot of people sick that shouldn't be sick if they just would protect those natural barriers. Well, yeah. Who likes mucus? We we try and get rid of it, right? That's right. That's right. And so it makes you more susceptible. That's the crazy thing. It, it's so inconvenient. So you, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's like, you know, in, in, as disgusting as it is, like vomiting is a really good thing because your body's saying, whatever's in here, get it out of me. And if your body sees like, you know, salmonella or something like that, uh, it might cause you to have diarrhea. It's just it wants to flush whatever's in there out so you don't have to fight the infection. And then we say, well, I don't want to do that. So we just shut those processes down, and then we have to fight the infections. All right. So the first question that always comes up when I hear a patient get sick is, well, how do I know if it's bacteria or virus? So do you have any quick way of identifying and without testing? Yeah. So so a couple things, too, is, is like um, cold versus flu. Um, so I get asked that every now and then. I think this is a cold. I think this is a flu. How do I know? But both those are viral. And all all uh, flus are actually colds. There's only colds. But flu gets its own designation because it killed a bunch of people in 1819. 
1918. Um, and so influenza is one virus of hundreds of cold viruses. So that's why you hear cold versus flu. But those symptoms are exactly the same. You cannot tell the difference between the two at all. Um, but then when it comes to bacteria, uh, the guess is always 90% of all upper respiratory things are viral. So if you had to guess, 90% of the time you would be correct. And for a lot of the stuff we do naturally, if it's bacterial, it should fix it too. So you don't have to guess too much. But bacterial tend to be get worse and worse and worse, where viral will peak and then uh, start resolving. So if, if you notice that you're getting worse, and especially your throat's getting worse, you're starting, it's starting to go down into your lungs, probably bacterial at that point. And it's usually a secondary bacterial, maybe that started as a, a primary viral infection. Yeah, I see that a lot. So, and both do fever, both do the same symptoms. So um, there's not a whole lot of difference. If you did a blood test, lymphocytes versus neutrophils on there it would tell you exactly what it is. Uh, but most people, are, I think 60% of the antibiotics are uh, prescribed for the patient's comfort, not because they have a bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. So we, we end up killing off all these good bacteria uh, in the pursuit of uh, viral infections. Now, I have a lot of patients also ask me, is there anything I can take to help prevent or shorten the duration of, of the symptoms? Yeah, so there, there's an endless topic there. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm a guy, so I'm always like, what is the one thing I can do? Right. Like, I just want one thing, and then I'll just do that one forever. Um, so with viruses... Um, it's pretty interesting the, the way that the body works is uh, if, if you have a virus like a, um, a rotavirus or, or influenza or something like that, basically it attaches to your uh, cell, injects a needle into your cell, and then injects its DNA into your DNA. And then your cell just sits there and makes viral DNA. And as the cell starts to fall apart because you're not making proteins to maintain the cell, uh, it'll disintegrate and at least release all these virus uh, DNA fragments that it made, and then they go infect all the other cells. So the viral um, potential there, it's pretty good. It's a pretty aggressive process. But the way that your body handles this is beautifully because uh, it has cells like natural killer cells, interferons, cytotoxic cells. And what they do is if they see a cell that's infected, they will, and those interferons will block all the entrances and exits to those cells, so nothing can get in and out. And then they use cytotoxic cells and natural killer cells to poison those cells and kill them. So they inject, they kind of euthanize the, the, the cells. And so it kills them, but it kills even the healthy ones around it. And so it is like kick butt. And I always give the example, it's like uh, calling the police because there's a burglar in your house. And uh, instead of going in there to get the burglar, they just board up all the windows and doors of your house and your neighbor's houses, and then they burn the neighborhood down. (laughs) So viruses are pretty kicked butt as far as how they can uh, uh, replicate so fast uh, and take over, but our body is is way better. It's way better. And you are getting inundated with hundreds of viruses a day, and your body's constantly doing that until your immune system is suppressed just enough that that virus gets a foothold. And so it's not, it's, it's kind of cancer. Everybody has cancer. Everybody has cancer, and they're constantly getting rid of cancer through DNA plumage. But everybody has viral infections, and your body's constantly fixing those. So that's um, when it comes to, like, 
just quick remedies. One of my, my favorites is vitamin C. And a lot of people like vitamin C. A lot of people don't really find much benefit. But much of that depends on therapeutic dose. So the amount of vitamin C that someone might take, like 500 milligrams, well, that's not really enough to do much of anything. 1,000 milligrams might make you feel a little bit better, but it's probably not going to overcome a viral infection. And so when I first was looking at what I could do for me, I um, did research on vitamin C because I wanted to know, is it hype or is it real? And it turns out if you hit those therapeutic doses, it is it, it stimulates those natural killer cells and interferons inside the toxic cells to go into overdrive. So, but that dose that I do is like 5,000 milligrams of vitamin C with bioflavonoids. And so in nature, vitamin C is not ascorbic acid. That's man-made vitamin C. Uh, but a, um, vitamin C in nature is, is a complex. And so it has all these bioflavonoids around it. So all these other phytonutrients there. And those are synergistic. And that, that's what really amplifies the effect of vitamin C. So I, I get, I don't care what people take as far as supplements as long as there's therapeutic dose, quality, and, and uh, no toxic ingredients. But the one that I use personally is uh, coenzyme, no, no, it's Country Life, it's chewables uh, with acerola until it's a cherry bioflavonoid. And that one for me, and again, it may be different for others, but that's the one that works magic. I've tried other ones for me, and they didn't work for me at all. And so I'm just like, if I find one thing that works, <laughs> I'm sticking to that one thing that works. And so if I take, I take 5,000 milligrams as a loading dose, and then I take 1,000 per waking hour. And used to, I used to get like deadly sick like twice a year, like hardcore man flu sick. And now I don't get sick at all. And it's been years since I've been sick. And I, um, I, anytime I feel like I, I might get sick, like you get that feeling, you know, uh, I just do the 5,000 uh, milligrams and 1,000 per hour. And by the end of the night, I feel fantastic. Like if you take too much vitamin C uh, throughout the day, you just have more energy and you feel better. So the worst case scenario is you just feel a lot better and then you have to start the process over tomorrow. So that's, that's my very first like strategy. And I actually, I tell patients this all the time, but, um, I had one yesterday that came in and exactly the same thing. She works at a school. She's starting to get sick. She went and got her vitamin C and took 5,000 milligrams and a thousand per hour. And I think she said that she was, she still had to do it the next day. She wasn't a hundred percent. So she's, did another 5,000, and then by the uh, half of the day, by midday, she's like, I just felt insanely great. So she's like, that's awesome, because she's like, I usually have to take off work, and I don't have any more sick days. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I'm, so I'm that, a big fan of the chewables, too. I just, I, and I'm the same as you. I like keeping it simple and have kind of a routine, um, and I don't like really messing with it. In fact, most people don't, probably won't replicate it, but, um, but get pretty good results. Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, with natural medicine, it's not what will help. It's how do I reduce down all the things that will to something that they can afford to buy, something that they can use, and something that's effective. Because literally, there are thousands of things that will work to reduce cold and flus or prevent this disease or that disease. And so trying to go through that pharmacopoeia and say, okay, well, what's, what's available, what's cost-effective, and what uh, has a... Uh, best evidence and best practices with it. So that's my favorite. Some people do other stuff like um, elderberry. Uh, I know one time I did, um, I, it's funny because, you know, you prescribe so many things to patients, you know, 
and you just kind of like, ah, try these three things. But when it's you, as a, like a, usually as a guy, I'm just like, I just want one thing. Right. And so I remember going to the, we were having our second daughter, and I had the sniffles, and they said, well, you're not going to be able to hold your daughter. And I said, like, well, screw this. And I was like, I have up and went to the health food store. And I was like, I'm holding my baby. <laughs> so I looked through, and I was just like, okay, I tell patients to get these and these. I'm not buying all this stuff. And so I was just like, what is one thing? And so I bought a, a large bottle of elderberry concentrate, and I just drank the whole bottle. And then I went back, uh, went, went to lunch, and then by the time I made it back to the office, or sorry, the hospital, uh, I had no sniffles. Like, everything was gone. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> All right. I was very surprised I didn't get diarrhea from that because it's, it is uh, quite, it's kind of like prune juice if you do too much, usually. Yeah, highly concentrated, yeah. <laughs> All right, so for body aches, body aches, how'd, what's your best remedy for the body ache? So, you know, one of the most powerful uh, pain relievers there is, is ginger. And turmeric's that way, too. Both of those are COX-2 inhibitors. Uh, they're both um, what are called NERF-2s, which are they're 100,000 times more antioxidant vitamin A, C, or E. So they're great for anti-aging stuff and, and, and really anti-oxidizing any kind of damage that's based off the oxidation process. But that COX-2 pathway that they uh, help regulate is the same one that Mobic and Celebrex and Vioxx does. And so uh, were those like Vioxx what caused 35,000 heart attacks during their studies that they failed to report to the FDA. So they got pulled from the market. The rest of them got black box. But ginger will do the same thing, but it deplaques your arteries so you have better cardiovascular function, less likely to have stroke and heart attack by getting rid of the pain. So that ginger is a wonderful thing. And there's a really cool thing people can do uh, called ginger uh, lemon paste. And I love that stuff. So you take like one uh, organic lemon and you just chop it up into eight or ten pieces and then you throw it in a blender with a little bit of water till it makes a paste. And then you chop up about a finger's worth of uh, ginger. So just got ginger root at the regular store and just chop off about four inches and then peel and everything. Throw that in there. I can't take off the sticker though. <laughs> um, but put the throw that ginger in there and then grind that up and so that's tons of fiber, but it's that uh, ginger is very spicy, but when mixed with lemon, it really calms it down a bit. Uh, it's just wonderful flavor. And then you can take that and put it in a glass jar uh, and put it in the fridge, and then you can scoop out one to two teaspoons and put it in your glass water bottle, and then drink that. And that'll knock down pain inflammation uh, pretty potently. And turmeric, the same thing. You make turmeric milk. Um, where it's uh, like a teaspoon or maybe two teaspoons of turmeric. Um, and then you can mix it in like almond milk or coconut milk and you kind of warm it up a little bit. And then you can, uh, you can put cinnamon. There's other things that people put in it for Ayurvedic kind of medicine or Indian kind of medicine uh, to make it more flavorful. But often you can just buy it at the store as I, golden milk, I think. I think that's what they call it. Um, but it's just that turmeric is a great pain reliever. It's a COX-2 inhibitor. And then fish oils are always wonderful. Now, if you eat one serving of fat, fatty fish like uh, salmon that's wild caught, it actually is just as effective as one full-strength ibuprofen at 325 milligrams. So eating fish is a great pain reliever. But you can also take those omega-3s and take them therapeutically to get rid of pain. So if you get a headache when you're sick, 
you know, you don't want that. So uh, if you take like 3,000 to 6,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA um, or omega-3, that's good. So on the bottle, you can look up because it'll say maybe 1,000 milligrams of fish oil, but then it may have only 300 milligrams of actual active ingredient or omega-3s. So something like Carlson's cod liver oil or um, Nordic Naturals or, or any of those kind of better brands, they tend to have almost about 1,000 milligrams, so you only have to take three to six of those to get rid of a headache or migraine or get rid of body aches, discomfort. And then if you have a specific area that hurts, one of my favorites is frankincense. And so frankincense is Jesus oil, right? Um, two of the three things the wise men brought them since we're getting close to Christmas was essential oils, which is amazing. So one's an antibiotic, one's a pain reliever, and then you got gold for bling, I guess. So like a four-fingered <laughs> Jesus ring there. But that um, frankincense is, it's, you know, it's it's a very powerful pain reliever. It's actually what's called a it's COX-2 and a 5-LOX pathway blocker. So it, it regulates pain the same way as getting a steroid shot or corticosteroids, but it doesn't destroy the joint in the process. So it's a w- wonderful. And because it's oil, if you put it over your skin, your skin's oil, so it'll go directly into that tissue where the ginger and the turmeric have to go everywhere and hopefully get therapeutic dose at the area that you need it to. So even combining those kind of things is awesome. Yeah, I love how, and I love how you, uh, I'll, I'll tell patients, because I, I work mostly in a pain clinic where we will talk about omega-3s, and when their eyes just go wide when I tell them how much they would have to take of what they're taking in order to get the, you know, effective dose. And and then on the flip side, just like you said, I'll have patients tell me, oh, I'm taking this medication for my shoulder pain and don't realize, well, if it was working, it should help for the back pain or the neck pain as well because it's it, it doesn't right. target, you know. It's non-discriminatory. Right, that's exactly right. Now, you're also, you brought up the topic of, of kids. When I'm trying to protect my kids this holiday season uh, from getting sick, uh, what's the best way to protect our kids? So with kids... Uh, the best thing are the simple like uh, probiotics. Those are all really good. Like our daughters, we did a, we had four daughters and I, I did like a, I think it was like 10 servings of fruits and vegetables and like a little gummy bear, but it had no toxic crap in it. And then we did a little probiotic and maybe it didn't have all that many, like for adults, you know, you want like 12 to 15 strains, 30 billion or more. But for them, it was just this, uh, they have like, eight or 10 or something. It wasn't too bad, but they never got sick. Like it was amazing. And, uh, my daughter, uh, my oldest one, she actually, um, said, why are all my friends sick? <laughs> Cause she's like, she's there every day and everybody's sick. And so, uh, she's exposed to all the same mucus and snot and colds and sneezes and every other kid, but she never got sick. And she noticed that she never got sick. So, and she came up to us like, it's a problem. <laughs> Why am I not getting sick? Is there something wrong with me? I should be getting sick. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we kept it very simple with them. But and in the beginning, I mean, even then, I didn't know as much as I know now. So we ate mostly good, but we still ate, we're eating a lot of crap. I didn't know it was that bad. Um, so those things really made a big difference. And so even the, the other girls, uh, I think we switched to where we were just doing probiotics with them and nothing. I mean... 
it was amazing. And I noticed that we ran, they, they ran out of the supply one time. And, um, so we stopped giving our girls those and the girls started getting little sniffles and stuff. And then once we got it back, they all went away. So I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, I think that's great. Most kids should be full of good bacteria anyways, but we sterilize everything and we prevent that now. So they should be eating dirt and worms and making mud pies. There you go. You know, we're one or two strains of bacteria. They might work really well for one or two people or, or certain condition. Uh, I think when I used to teach the uh, postdoctoral program, there was a section I did on, on uh, probiotics, and we talked about if you're missing these specific probiotics, here's the conditions you'll end up with. So they do very unique things in our body. And even like bacteria that we consider bad, sometimes like Clostridium difficile, it actually is a good bacteria when it has all its friends in place. And if you take an antibiotic that kills all its friends and it grows out of control and it makes toxins and it kills people. But the way that we're viewing bacteria is starting to change because of that project, because we used to say bacteria is bad, but actually the vast majority of all bacteria is good. Like even one uh, uh, inch of dirt, a cube of dirt, uh, has about 5,000 different probiotics in there. And so old school medicine was dirt therapy. And even like I think Garden of Life, that was one of the things that they, they called their stuff with soil-based organisms. But, you know, it really started to just take a scoop, teaspoon of dirt from a healthy area and put it in a smoothie and you get yourself a ton of good bacteria and you get rid of your um, dysbiosis or your uh, SIBO or uh, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, that kind of stuff that way. Uh, but then they just cultivate them and then they sell the soil-based ones like that. But dirt, dirt's always good. Yeah, maybe that'll be my holiday recipe that I'll put up on my blog is uh, a dirt smoothie. That's right. Yeah, and you got to go. You got to find those places where you're like they're not spraying and they don't have a lot of pets. So, yeah, I, I thought about that a few times. Uh, I try that, but you know, when you when I'm working on stuff, I'm always like cleaning my nails with my teeth and yeah. chewing on my fingertip, and so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting it that way too. There you go. Well, before we wrap up the show today, uh, tell I want you to t- tell the audience how they can find more about you or how they can connect with you if they find this information interesting. Yeah, so you can um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I believe it's uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, Dr. Garrett TV. I think it's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-G-A-R-R-E-T-T TV. Um, and then also, um, um, I mean, that's where I do most of my stuff. And then for patients, if they want to make appointments or something, my number is 316-212-5429. And we... we uh, have treated people all over the world and all over the country. So um, we do some things by Skype and sometimes people fly in. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. And this has been really actionable items that I know uh, a lot of people can start implementing and help them get through this season. So I appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Doc. Have a good Christmas and New Year. All right, appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. I want to thank Dr. Garrett for being on the show today and thank you for listening. And in fact, if you found this information helpful, it would be a huge help to me if you can please leave a review and share it with someone who you think can benefit from natural cold and flu remedies. So log into iTunes, tell us what you think, and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com.